0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Now, I wake up this morning and I start to hear murmurs that there's going to be an attempt to pass the Supreme Court Supplemental Protection Bill. The day after gun safety legislation for schools and kids and people are, uh, is stalled. Oh, so we can pass protections for us and and here easily, right? But we can't pass protections for everyday people? I think not. I swear to you, she's a child. She might be a good friend. She might be uh, uh, lovely to her neighbors. But when it comes to policy... She is a child. Stalled. What what is she referring to? How does she connect these two things? Producer Ari Ari and I just had a little bit of back and forth uh, 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 about this. You had somebody try and kill a Supreme Court justice. You had someone murder 19 children in Uvalde, Texas. In both cases, the answer is more protection. But that's not what you believe. You believe screw the Supreme Court justice because the truth is you're very okay with them living under threat. Therefore, they'll do what you say, and then maybe they'll be left alone, proving that your entire ideology is based on mob mentality. But those kids you won't protect like you want to be protected in the House of Representatives. I don't enjoy the idea that you might need to arm schools to protect kids. I would rather not have it. But I live in the real world, and here we are, and until we solve the problem of why people engage in these shootings, which I argue is societal rot and cultural, and comes from also people like yourself, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, who seem to stay silent when people are inciting these kinds of acts of violence. You're okay with the, the riots in Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland. You were silent about them. People protesting in front of Supreme Court justices' houses, and you're fine with it. But somebody tweets about your shoes, and all they want to do is date you. So they are not equal things. Things stalled in in the Senate, and I'm not sure exactly which legislation she's referring to, because there are a couple things uh, that were were passed and things have been discussed. Is you, along with Senator Schumer, unwilling to think that a firearm might be helpful? You're so anti-gun, your zealotry is so complete that you will not think it has a value. You can't get yourself to that place that maybe you're wrong. Well, Tony, maybe you're wrong. Maybe guns have no place. I have seen the situations where guns had no place, and you know what I found? 19 dead children in Uvalde, and how about we go to movie theaters in Aurora? I can't forget the story to save my life. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you guys. Aurora, Colorado. When you have it was the Batman movie, right? And a guy uh, comes in and starts shooting. I forget how many people died. What stuck with me was that they talked about how husbands jumped on top of their wives and brothers jumped on top of their sisters, and boyfriend jumped on top of their girlfriends. Boyfriends and girlfriends. It was a date. They were, they were sharing some popcorn. Maybe they were just at that place where they were holding hands. But the shooting started, and boyfriends had enough presence of mind and enough in their soul to jump on top of their girlfriends to try and save their lives. It was a gun-free zone. I've seen what happens when people don't have a firearm to fire back, and I think those things, those places, are death traps. And I have to wonder whether or not Representative Ocasio-Cortez is cool with that. Why? Because I'm listening to her talk about the legislation. She doesn't believe in protecting the Supreme Court justice. And based on the, the the kind of legislation she's discussing, she doesn't believe in protecting children. Now, you want to argue that with me? 833 468 833 got Tony. I'm happy to argue it. Show me where she is somehow standing strong. And by the way, who, who talks like this? Right? But we can't pass protections for everyday people? I think not. If, if, if you're somebody who talks like that, and, and, and I know some people who talk like that, and I don't mean to out them, uh, you can't imagine how little I think of you. I find that to be one of the most annoying, uh, uh, condescending tones ever. Ugh. That is, by the way, that is also representative of Ocasio-Cortez's Hebrew name. Ugh. Just just Terrible. That wasn't the story I was gonna I was gonna start with. No, I wanted to start with the CDC. Yeah, I know. The the CDC. Oh god! A new report from the Centers for Disease Control. They always got a report. Rates of COVID-19 cases and deaths by vaccination status several factors likely affect crude case rates by vaccination and booster dose status, making interpretation of recent trends difficult. Limitations include higher prevalence of previous infection among the unvaccinated and unboosted groups, difficulty in accounting for time since vaccination and warrant- and waning protection and possible differences in testing procedures and prevention behaviors by age and vaccine status. Wow. That's a lot of talk. That's a lot of talk. People who were unvaccinated had a greater risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and a greater risk of dying from COVID-19 than people who were vaccinated with a primary series. Okay. People who were vaccinated with a primary series and an additional booster had lower case rates overall compared to with those without additional or booster doses. However that isn't really the totality of the summary, now is it? As has been reported, people who got the extra COVID attest positive for the virus at higher rates compared to people who've only gotten the full dose series. So they wanna make two arguments here. That you um, survived more, but you also got more virus. That's something. That is something else. I would say to you that they have not answered the key question, which is what did they die from? Did they die from the actual virus or the comorbidity associated with the virus? That's my question. It's always been my question would I take that trade um well I I don't know to be honest because one of the things that they they did very we have the data now as as I'm reading it and there's differences in groups and it goes a little a little deeper but one of the things that I that I'm that I'm looking at is is questioning how would you have looked at it before This would be an argument for boosters, as if I'm reading this right. People who were vaccinated with a primary series and an additional or booster dose had lower case rates overall compared with those without an additional or booster dose. Both of these groups had lower risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and a lower risk of dying from COVID-19 compared with people who were unvaccinated. Okay, so I did read it right. They had lower case rates, not necessarily lower deaths. So I'm, I'm I'm reading that right. but if you tell me that people who were unvaccinated had a greater risk of, t- of testing positive and a greater risk of dying than people who were vaccinated, well we said that. We said that if you were vaccinated uh, the odds of you dying were less. If you take a look at vaccinated and in a booster having lower case rates than people without a booster, well case rates aren't deaths. You had to read that twice to be able to understand it. We made the argument here when it came to the vaccine that it was clear based on data, based on anecdotal conversations with uh, doctors, medical professionals, that people who had the vaccine were able to deal, who, ha- who got COVID, had uh, symptoms that weren't as severe and therefore survived. And the people they saw dying in hospitals are people who were unvaccinated. That's what, that's the anecdotal. That's the data. But the idea that you saw uh, lower case rates with or without a booster is, is, is inconsequential. Lower case rates means nothing. It's like positivity. What the hell am I doing with positivity? Was I in a hospital? Did I die? That's the only thing that matters. I think this is actually a, a, a bit of data uh, that shows that not getting boosted didn't really affect your life at all. Not getting boosted did not affect your life at all. And there's a conversation of whether or not, uh, as is reported here, getting boosted actually got you testing positive for the virus at a higher rate. That's an interesting bit of data, which, go, which is, is kind of the reverse of what the CDC, uh, what I read to you from the CDC, but it happens to be what I had in front of you from the summary. Now, I know it's weird to bring up the, the, the CDC and COVID on, on a day like, like today, but when data comes out, it, it is worth reading. What it's not worth doing is panicking. It's the panicking that has no value in our life. No value in society whatsoever. Now, I didn't... I, I did hear of places... I'm just trying to go back a little bit in history. Were there, were there employers that fo, that uh, forced the booster as well? I'm not... I, I there, there must have been. Forced the booster as well. Um... I think that you're going to find that the amount of people who take a booster shot in the future is going to be in the in the single percents. The amount of people who got vaccinated, that number is probably going to go up because they'll be able to have more data. The amount of people get boosted is going to stay in the single percents. They're not going to buy in the amount of people who have already vaccinated their children i believe that will be already at its high the amount of people who vaccinate their children going forward is going to be in the single percents it's in the end the federal government did not only do a not only did they do an effective job in supporting the vaccine they did a horrific job in sharing with America a level of value. And it came because it was more interesting for people to be political. And it was somehow disturbing to people that there would be others who engaged their right not to participate. Because those people were told they were going to murder somebody else's grandmother, when of course, that was always a lie. It is the lies that we oppose. It is the madness that we always opposed. Data? I don't oppose data. This says to me something we already knew. I, I had to read it a couple times. and I'm, I did it with you. People who are unvaccinated had a greater risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and a greater risk of dying from COVID-19 than people who are vaccinated with a primary series, whether that be pfizer Moderna or Johnson & Johnson. I think that 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 data shows that. Vaccinated and boosted had lower case rates compared with those people without an additional or booster uh, dose. Both of these groups had a lower risk of testing positive for COVID-19 and a lower risk uh, of dying from COVID-19 compared to people without uh, without, uh, a vaccine. Lower case rates, not necessarily increased death rates. And that's... The data, even without a booster, you might get COVID, but you're going to be fine, is basically how I read what the CDC is saying. You might want to ask your own doctor, you know, somebody who has a degree and didn't just spend a couple hours on Google. You know, if, if you haven't taken the chemistry classes, maybe, maybe you're not an expert, just a theory. This data tells me the boosters are not necessary. Not necessary at all. So um, uh, to society writ large, uh, stop asking for them. You sound crazy. I'm Tony Katz. Everything Nina Jankowitz said about that disinformation governance board, how uh, they weren't trying to stifle speech and how they were just working on misinformation and how it was, it was all just a big misunderstanding and how dare you not let me do this. It was all a lie. Of course they were planning on stifling speech. The whistleblower documents, they're out there. It was a draft brief that was uh, being prepared for the Department of Homeland Security secretary and uh, his meeting. That's Alejandro Mayorkas. His meeting with Twitter executives to discuss big tech, to discuss the federal government. It says so right here. This meeting is an opportunity to discuss operationalizing public-private partnerships between the DHS and Twitter, as well as inform Twitter executives about DHS' work on misinformation and disinformation, including the creation of a disinformation governance board and its analytic exchange and the department's ongoing work. They they were working together. They were working In concert. While the memo, this is one of the things learned from uh, the whistleblower. While the memo boldly asserts that the department's counter disinformation mission... Includes the choices as to what issue areas to focus on, must not be politicized and must be protected from perceptions of politicization. Some of the examples of disinformation given in the memo relate not only to foreign disinformation, but issues that have been at the heart of domestic political discourse for the past several years. For for instance, the memo refers to conspiracy theories about the validity and security of elections and disinformation related to the origins and effects of COVID-19 vaccines or the efficacy of masks. Disinformation is, masks don't stop COVID? Nope, that's a fact. But I wouldn't be allowed to say that on Twitter because the disinformation governance board would tell Twitter not to allow what I said to be said. By the way, it's important to note that the people uh, who were... um, uh, at Twitter, the, the executives who were going to be part of this meeting, both knew Nina Jankowitz, who was going to head up uh, this, this uh, disinformation governance board. Yes, the plan clearly was about stifling you, me, and we. But luckily that didn't happen, or at least it hasn't happened yet, and that allows guys like Eric... Uh, to tweet out, just Googled you to see the face behind the ignorance, and it's even worse than I imagined. <laughs> That's funny. Dude, Eric, man, what, what's, what's going on, dude? What's going on? I mean, I mean, are you angry about something? Is this about not getting laid? What's going on? I mean, maybe less time... Looking up my photo and saying, okay, I'll never look that good. Embrace your own self. Feel good about who you are and ask somebody out on a date. Find a little purpose for your life. Not everybody's going to look as good as I do, man. I get it. Producer Ari is wicked upset by it. Wicked upset. I'm Tony Katz. It's an incredible story. Cancer story. About uh, researchers, oncologists at Memorial Sloan Kettering uh, in New York. They have been working in the field of colorectal cancer. Which, okay, teehee, but serious stuff. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you guys. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, won't you? They... Engaged in a study with 14 patients, which you could argue is not a lot of patients for a a, a, a study. They all shared what is described as the same genetic instability in their rectal cancer. They had not undergone treatment. And each one of them was given nine doses of this drug that is supposed to block a specific cancer cell protein, Right, and so uh, what happens is is that the protein isn't there, and I think it's that uh, the, the the body fights it differently, and therefore it it's, it dies off. So it's called dostarlimab, D O S T A R L I M A B. So um, it, it they they give it to these people. Six months later, they do a scan. In all 14 patients, every scan showed no trace of cancer. In scans, in biopsies, or physical exams, all 14 patients, not a single bit of cancer remained. As they described uh, this from an an oncologist there, uh, Andrea Sirsek, uh, in all 14 patients, the odds are exceedingly low and really unheard of in oncology. An unbelievable story. First, of just the research that goes on, the, the billions that get spent, what is necessary here. Secondly, how could you not feel good about that? You know, the I I I think one of the really uh clear arguments that is that has ever been made is that it is really problematic that after all these years the best we can do with cancer is just find ways to make people feel miserable our best fight against cancer is chemotherapy it is and that's remarkably frustrating and that usually leads to i wonder what kind of cures are just on a shelf somewhere but it's not profitable to cure it that's not i don't think that's talk I think that if, if you were to, to really engage people, Democrat, Republican, liberal and conservative, uh, black and, and, and white, rich and poor, somewhere along the line in that conversation, you can get people to say like either, oh, you know they do, or maybe they do. I guess, it's, you know, it's possible. Somewhere along the line, you can get people to agree on that thing. Now, do I believe that to be true? I don't actually and you can you can argue that it's just a naivete of mine or an unwillingness of mine. I, I I simply I simply won't buy in. I I will not will not buy in. I I can't I can't be a part of it. Because if I do I'll, I'll, I'll go nuts. If I start buying into that I will go absolutely positively crazy. I'll go out of my head. I won't know what to do with myself. Can you imagine if that's real? So I I, I choose to just put it out and be like, no, there's no way. There's no way. It's it's, it's not like the assassination of JFK. Somebody will crack in today's world. These people can't keep a secret. Eventually, all these people are like Michael Cohen. Eventually, you put enough pressure on them, they're going to spill. Just like that. 14 patients and all of them, all of them, no trace of cancer. I'm sorry. That is fantastic. And one of the other big stories today is that Twitter is going to provide Elon Musk with the raw daily tweet data. Is Musk trying to get out of the deal? Now, producer Ari says yes. Because producer Ari has been a longtime opponent to this purchase. He thinks it's one of the most ridiculous things out there. You know how many NFL teams and Major League Baseball teams and NBA teams you could have purchased? All of them. All of them. All of them. And he's like, "Why? Well, the NFL makes money. Twitter? Who knows? And, and, of course, Producer Ari has a point. Producer Ari still desperately wants to manage all my finances. I I'm I'm struggling this year. Don't give me your money. Right? I also also the other thing producer I wants to do find out my home address. I've been trying that for years. So uh Musk has been like how many bots do you have? Honestly, Twitter, how many bots do you have? And Twitter's like bots? Bots. What's a What's a bot? And then Elon Musk is like no, no, seriously. Seriously, how many bots do you you have and twitter's like whoa, whoa we don't we don't know how to answer this question are you are you are, are you are you are you are you are you trying to trick us if a train left new york at 300 miles per hour an accelerated speed 15 miles per hour and traveled a distance of 683 miles tell me sir what time would that train reach chicago <laughs> That's exclusive audio between Elon Musk and Twitter, right there. By the way, Johnny Dangerously, one of the great films of all times. Have you ever seen Johnny Dangerously? Nah. What? I never even heard of it until this moment. That's not possible. That is not possible you're saying that. My mother said something like that once. Once. Oh, you gotta see it! You ha- Dude. I- I will you know what I'm doing? I'm I'm buying it for you. You're buying me a movie that's possibly free. Um I, honestly you need your own copy. Okay. All right. By 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 the way, uh uh happy birthday. Uh, uh do you have, do you have a Blu-ray player? What? No, it's 2022. So you so you don't have a Blu-ray. I mean player. I have a PlayStation, I could probably stick it in there. Yeah, you got a PlayStation. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Johnny dangerously, Oh uh, no, 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 it's sixteen bucks, all right, you're gonna have to find it for free uh you Johnny dangerously is so good it's 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 Michael Keaton, it's Joe Piscopo it's so so good I, it's done what's his name something done I forget the actor's name it's good, it's so good, it's so terrific. Enjoy every bit of it. Enjoy every single bit of Johnny Dangerously. I am here for you, people, Given nothing but the solid recommendations for your weekend. You're welcome. So Elon Musk, he, he wants th- to know about the bots, and it's clear he's having second thoughts now about Twitter. So Twitter is like, okay, here's the raw data. Raw data on hundreds of millions of daily tweets, because they got offered forty four billion dollars and they want it. the The stockholders want the money. Musk signed this binding agreement to buy in the end of April. He says it can't proceed unless the company provides more information. Now, I assume there's a if he doesn't buy it, he owes something, right? some kind i i don't know how much it is but whatever it is what what does musk care i still argue he would wanna buy it but having to provide the information is excellent now will they then say you're not allowed to reveal what's in this information i don't know if they can do that or not you would argue that it's trade secret kind of stuff but if he doesn't go forward with the purchase then you would have to assume, assume that there was something bad in there. You would have to assume that the amount of daily users is not as grand as, uh, as they say. That's, of course. That's what you'd have to figure out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what he's going to do. Then there's this. See, I, I I I like I like a mix of stories sometimes. Uh, this is a real headline and and I bring it to you right now. Two people rescued <laughs> Good Lord. Two people rescued after falling in tank full of chocolate in Pennsylvania. Don't care how I want it now. How does that even happen? This was at the Mars M&M factory in Pennsylvania. Fire crews have eliminated uh, pulling them straight out of a tank. Uh, They have to cut a hole in the side of the tank to get them out. No word yet on how they fell into the chocolate tank. What do you mean? We know how. Okay, how? He was trying to eat some chocolate. Haven't you seen Willy Wonka? Augustus Gloop taught you nothing? I want an umpum Lumpa now. So that you think he was salt, going full Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop. And and he he was in there and 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 he was just going to town and fell in. So the question is if you if if he was able to reach down and grab the chocolate and he couldn't get back up. I I'm that I mean how how long are those arms? Have you but never everybody to always before? saw the cartoon yeah. that if you fall into the vat of chocolate or or, or candy or, or cereal, whatever, you can just eat your way out. And the answer is, no, you can't. If you fall in the vat of chocolate, you're going to die. They had to cut a hole in the tank to get the dude. How big is this tank? How much wasted chocolate is this? This starts off kind of funny and then just ends up being incredibly sad. Incredibly sad. I... Oh. That said, I'm now hungry. I'm Tony Katz. I have to assume at this stage of the game... Absolutely nobody trusts Pete Arandondo. Pete Arandondo, the chief of police there in Uvalde, there for the school district, the guy who is now on the city council, does an interview with the Texas Tribune. Remember, 19 kids murdered, two teachers murdered. That's what we've got. And police did not enter the the classroom. They kept parents away from the school. More security to keep parents away from the school than there was on January 6th to keep people out of the Capitol. That's what happened. Parents desperate to have their kids safe. Well, the police didn't enter. Were they ordered to stand down? They were waiting for more tactical gear. We've heard that story, but now there's a new one. Arredondo speaking to the Texas Tribune, defending the law enforcement response, saying that not a single officer, responding officer, ever hesitated, even for a moment, to put themselves at risk to save the children. We responded to the information that we had and had to adjust to whatever we faced. No one believes that. And now he's saying that the door to the classroom had a steel jam and couldn't be kicked in. I don't know what to do with that information. I find myself stunned and as angry as you are about that information. You're telling me that just a couple months before they had a whole series of uh, presentations about how to deal with this kind of situation, and no one ever said, Hey, what happens if the door's locked if it's got a steel jam? How are we going to get in? No one said that? You're telling me in all the trainings all across the country that have been going on for a decade, no one ever talked about how you break down a door with a steel jam? I don't believe you. I don't believe at all what this uh, chief is saying. So why did it take 77 minutes? Because he spent more than an hour trying different keys. He spent over an hour going key by key trying to figure out which one was the right one to open the door. So not only do we have steel jams that can't be kicked in, we don't have a master key? Are you telling me that in today's world, at every police department, in a local municipality, there isn't a master key? that the chief can go to in a safe somewhere. So oh my gosh, we've got a shooting at such and such a school, and has it? We've got an emergency at such and such a school, and has the key, has the passcode, has the fob, has the something. Are you telling me that doesn't exist? Now, I will tell you, I had not considered it until this moment. But you know what my job is? Not to be the guy considering it. I'm not the one pretending to have drills about how to do these things and showing the community, look how prepared we are. (laughs) You weren't prepared. You didn't know how to get into the school. You didn't know how to get into a classroom. You were in the hallway for more than an hour trying keys. What? What Marx Brothers movie is this? Is this Dumb and Dumber 7? There is nobody in America who's going to buy into this. Absolutely no one who's going to buy into this and find this acceptable. In the first 40 minutes, he was waiting to receive the set of keys. And during that time, he called for tactical gear and a sniper. And he avoided the door, believing he might provoke Ramos to shoot. There's also a conversation of why he didn't have his radio. Why wasn't his radio on? Why wasn't he able to uh, in- engage and, and and hear what was going on and hear some of the issues? Why? Because, in his words, as has been reported, he needed his hands free for his gun. Now, law enforcement folk can tell me what's—you can't listen to the radio while you're while you're doing something. I know you might want to have a classic stance, but if you're doing something, can't you have your firearm doing something else? You got your firearm in one hand, you're doing something else? That's not possible? Stop it. Stop it. I believe that listening to this, without having any kind of law enforcement back up to the conversation... This is trying to justify incompetence. And we shouldn't justify incompetence. Not at all. Not even close. Find everything at tonycats.com. This right here is Tony Cats Today.